Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another installment of New Books and Poetry. I am your host, Jen Fitzgerald. Rodrigo Toscano's newest book of poetry, and the one we will be discussing today, is Explosion Rock Springfield, Fence Books 2016. His previous books include Deck of Deeds, Collapsible Poetics Theater, A National Poetry... Welcome to another installment of New Books and Poetry. I am your host, Jen Fitzgerald. Rodrigo Toscano's newest book of poetry, and the one we will be discussing today, is Explosion Rock Springfield, Fence Books 2016. His previous books include Deck of Deeds, Collapsible Poetics Theater, a National Poetry Series Selection, To Leveling Swerve, Platform, Partisans, and the Disparities. His poetry has appeared in the anthologies Voices Without Borders, Diasporic Avant-Gardes, Imagined Theaters, and The Criminal's Cabinet, Earthbound, and Best American Poetry. Toscano has received a New York State Fellowship in Poetry. He works for the Labor Institute in conjunction with the United Steel Workers, the National Institute for Environmental Health Science, Communication Workers of America, and National Day Laborers Organizing Network. Toscano lives in the Bayou St. John Faubourg of New Orleans. Welcome, Rodrigo. Oh, hi. How are you, Jennifer? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good, good. So um, we want to learn a little bit about you before we start talking about your work. So would you please um, tell us where you're from originally? Um, I was born in San Diego, California. Um, I grew up there, and I had um, sort of... Uh, a borderland kind of uh, uprising. Um, uh, I, I lived uh, on both sides of the border uh, uh, at various times because I had family on both sides. But um, but I went to schools in the United States, um, you know, K through through twelve, and I lived there until about age twenty. Then I moved to the Southwest, in Santa Fe, to be specific, for a number of years. Came back to San Diego, and in my early 30s, I moved to San Francisco and lived there for about five years. 
And then from there, I moved to New York City um, in Brooklyn, and I lived there 16 years. And just this last August, August uh, 2015, I moved to New Orleans, and this is where I am now. Mm. So out of all these places, is there one that you most closely connect to home? Well, I would say most definitely, I mean, where I'm from, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially given the sort of, uh, you know, cultural um, background, you know, that I come from, uh, you know, uh, Spanish is my first language, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my home language. And uh, I actually read and write and speak in, in both languages um, pretty well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I would call home in terms of connectedness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been away from California for a long time. I lived in New York, um, I think 16 years. I know you, you'd have to tell me, Jennifer, you <laughs> from there, uh, how much of a New York attitude I, I had. I think I had. I think we talked about this before. Um, it's, it's, I think it's in my bones, um, the whole New York experience. Um, yeah, you, know. you definitely have the Brooklyn swagger for sure. Yeah, uh, 16, 16 years, you know, and then, and then working with the populations that I work with, you know, with, with the unions, the utility workers, specific, specifically in, in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, the steel workers and, and having contact with those very uh, fundamental populations, uh, um, you know, uh, that also, um, got into my bones, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So is it true that you compete in marathons and triathlons? Um, I don't, you know, it's funny. I'm a, I'm a middle distance runner. And what that is, is, um, 5k, 10k and up to half marathon. Um, that's called a middle distance runner though. A half marathon is pretty long way, you know, 13.1 miles. Um, it's, that's called middle distance. And yeah, um, I was part of, uh, one of the, one of the founders of the North Brooklyn runners, um, a club that now is in third place out of uh, over a hundred, um, teams in the New York area. And I competed in what's called master's division. Uh, that's at the time it was, you know, people over 40 in my, in my age group. And then now I'm a, what they call a grandmaster, um, because I'm now 51. I'm going on 52. So, um, yeah, it, running is a very, very important part of my, um, of my entire deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what poet first brought you to poetry? Ooh, well, you know, that's, um, you didn't think this was going to be easy, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, you know, very early I had, you know, encounters with the new order called the new American poets, right? The anthology, mm-hmm. um, that would be, you know, um, like New York school and, and beat poetry and anybody who was in, in that anthology, right? Um, I was, I was initially kind of attracted to like people like Gary Snyder. Um, you know, I did all the, I very studiously covered all of the modernists, you know, um, from, you know, from pound to HD to, to, to uh, people like that. And then, and then obviously people like, you know, international, like Neruda, mm-hmm. Lorca and, uh, you know, German poets. And, but, uh, but also very early in my, in my poetic, sort of career, um, I, I set off to study, you know, ancient poetry. Um, and really? I, to this day, yeah, I, like I read, like, for example, I'm sitting here at a desk and I'm looking at a, a, at a, a new translation of Petronius, you wow. know, Arbiter, and uh, an, another book of Seneca. So, so I, I read a lot of um, Roman literature, actually. 
And um, many years um, after I started doing it in translation level, I, you know, I, I managed to sort of uh, teach myself, uh, you know, a good amount of Latin so that I, I can I can read it in Latin and um, and enjoy um, the poetry in that way. But that's that's been that that particular set of literature has been very influential for me because it gives me some distance on the society that I live in, which is always threatens to sort of you know, invade and, and um, well, it, obviously, you know, one is completely invaded by contemporary, uh, you know, by one's contemporaries and contemporary issues. But but it's good to, to, to look back on a different historical period so that you know how other people might have handled it, right? Or how, mm-hmm. to, to, to give you a sense that, that what you're doing is, is, is in a span of time, you know? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, so for listeners who may not be familiar with your work or your approach to content, um, before I ask you to read a couple of pages from the new book, is there anything that you would like to suggest as they enter into it for the first time? Well, I mean, I, 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 I could say here now, I guess, because I'll probably say it later. Um, Springfield, um, you know, the, refers to Springfield, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And um, some years ago, uh, seven, eight years ago, there was a, an explosion in Springfield, a very powerful gas explosion that um, that could have been extremely, uh, you know, dangerous I and mean, fatal, could have been very fatal. And it ha- actually happened in the strip club uh, in mid- at midday. And um, there were people in the establishment in the the owner had the good presence of mind to, you know, tell everybody to go across the street, wait in the cafeteria, or, and people left, and as soon as they left, you know, the, the place exploded and took down several blocks with it. Now, next to that strip club was a, a daycare, and on that particular day, uh, people um, were on a field day, and so they weren't there. Mm. Um, and so it was a very, you know, when you work in health and safety and, and union work, and when you hear of an explosion that big, and you hear that nobody got killed, it's a good day, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so it could have been catastrophic. And so, but, but I remember reading about it, and I think the, the, I think the title might have been Explosion Rock Springfield, and maybe the, um, the subtitle was something to the effect of, you know, which is the refrain in the, in the book of poetry, which is repeats over and over, right? It said, you know, the, the, free, the Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield leveled a strip club next to a daycare. Mm-hmm. And so that... When, when I read that, well, obviously it was very surprising, right? Level the strip club next to a daycare. And I was like, okay. Well, but that, in that one line, I, I thought, well, I can get a lot of it. You know, I can, what, you know, so I started thinking, what is, what is daycare? You know, what is, what is a strip, you know, what is life? Really, that's the question that came to mind. What is life and what is, what is everything? Um, what is gas? You know, mm-hmm. what does it need to explode? Where is Springfield? So all these questions, um, I, I just found a, a lot of meaning in that one line. So I, I thought I'd start exploring the meaning of that line. You know what I'm saying? I do. And just do it over and over. Um, and you know, I did. I did one section. I remember one or two sections, and I thought, wow, that's a little poem. And that's that. That's good. You know, it's an orphan. You know, a poem <laughs> part of a of a larger work, I'll just hang on to it, maybe send it to a journal. But then I, I looked at it like a, a couple of weeks later and I added another variation and then and then a little bit after that another variation. I thought, well this is kind of a longish poem, right? And then I thought, you know what hell? You know, this might what if I just stuck to this and just did it for months on end? And and that's kind of what I did, you know, very assiduously. And 
And that's how I came up with this book. Um, I had a lot of fun writing it. And it actually, it, it actually got me to talk about a lot, of, a lot of different things that I've always wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. about, you know, my views on kind of linguistics. If you really want to know kind of how I feel about language, you know, you can look at this book um, and see how I treat language. If you want to know how what what portions of my work in, in, in health and safety sort of interest me, you can kind of see that in the work. You can kind of see my kind of kooky um, attractions to to uh, different timescapes, you know, mm-hmm. like like messing with timescapes, neologisms, mm-hmm. uh, and, and also and also you know exercising different forms of writing poetry, right? Yeah. So there's pieces in there that kind of look. A little bit kind of like conceptual lists. There's other pieces that kind of look more lyrical. There's other sort of more brittle verse line, you know, inquiry type lines. And and so it's, you know, um, yeah. So, so let's, hear, um, let's hear the first three pages of the collection, and then I want to ask you a little bit more about um, the group as a whole. So could you please read pages one through three? Absolutely. Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield left a strip club next to a daycare. What is explosion to a slab of drywall? What is drywall exactly? Hi ho! Why do people strip? What is daycare? Why day? What is night care? Why daylight? Why daylight? Why daylight? What is care exactly? Gas. Where from gas? Why gas in cylindrical hollows? Friday, the day after Thursday, the day before Saturday, always. How goes gas in there? Surging, surging, surging in predetermined patterns. Four, bodily needs and discomforts. The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield Love Strip Club next to a daycare. Thank you for relating the gas explosion in Springfield on Friday. And what did gas do to a pair of brownstones in the Brooklyn Township of Greenpoint that same night? In predetermined patterns, surging did not love a one household of college adjunct professor plus labor coordinator next to one household of finance speculator plus boutique entrepreneur. What is stripping precisely? What is care approximately? Hi, ho! How dry is drywall? The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield level strip club next to a daycare. No stripping then. No daycare then. Was Springfield Springfield then? Is Springfield Springfield now? Has Springfield ever been Springfield? What is implosion? What is explosion? Hi ho! What is it to plode? Thank you very much. So um, you mentioned that you wrote one piece and then you returned to it and you thought it was going to be a long poem and then it turned into these segments. So how long exactly did it take for the entire book to be written? Um, it took about, um, I think, eight or nine months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And would you consider this to be a book length poem or a series of poems sharing the same name? I think I think they're individual poems uh, related that sort of um, pivot around you know that one that one prompt line you know mm-hmm. absolutely um, so I you know in I guess strictly speaking you might call them variations mm. you know like you would like the 
like Bach's Goldberg variations or Beethoven's Diabelli variations. And, uh, and that's something that influences me too. I, I often think more in, in terms of a musician than, than, uh, than a sort of writer in terms of structure. And you, and you can kind of tell that too in the, how I sort of accent mm-hmm. kind of certain words and it kind of the stalls and, and sort of suspensions and transpositions of theme. You know, it's, it's all, music is very, uh, a big part of my, my thinking. Um, I grew up uh, playing uh, classical music and piano and, and jazz. So, so I, to this day, I, I mean, I still play. But um, and, and it's not like I sit down and think, oh, how am I going to, you know, uh, transpose sort of a musical concern into a poetic? I, I think I just do it mm-hmm. uh, naturally, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what interests me. That's what keeps me writing. Mm. So the language for you very much is like sheet music. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And, and, and every time I read it, I read a little bit different. And, and, and so, yeah, and, and like a performer would, would interpret a particular piece in a particular way, given kind of what they think about the piece at that time. And there are sort of artistic trajectory. That's how I read my own work. Yes. I mean, I might, I might not read it the same uh, years from now, you know. Mm-hmm. And you treat the reading of your work as an entirely separate art form. Um, there's a stark difference between what is on the page and what is heard. So do you think that it is important to listen to a poet read their work and not just read it I, off the page? I would, I would, I see what you're saying, though. I would say that I, and if you're, you're looking at the back now and, and hopefully when people look at the book, they'll see, I do leave a lot of sort of, um, clues in the scores to how, how to write, how to, um, how much to emphasize a word. I usually use italics, you know, how to sink into a word, uh, usually something in a quote, something a little bit suspended. Uh, all caps is sort of an exclamatory moment. Um, and then the lines themselves, right? How long they go on. Uh, when I start a new line, um, in terms of when I'm reading it in live, you know, people can see that it's, it's actually a new line, you know, on, on the page as well. So if there's a reinitiation of utterance that, I, that I'm very true to in my reading. Now, in the kind of rhythm that I use in the kind of coloration and intonation. Well, that's just p- particular to my instrument. You know, my, my, the way that I read, you know, muscularly, uh, the way that I hear it as I'm reading it, right? That's particular. But, but the outlines of the, uh, of, of the poem are, I think a lot of people could get it once they hear one, at least once they hear one, one page read like that, then they go, okay, this is how, this is what this means in, in Toscanoese, you know. <laughs> so let's hear some, um, some of the pieces that maybe reflect what we're talking about. Would you read the, um, poems starting on page 20 until 23? The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield left a strip club next to a daycare. In cylindrical hollows, my attention. In cylindrical hollows, my visioning. In cylindrical hollows, my remembrance. In cylindrical hollows, my devotion. In cylindrical hollows, my fear. In cylindrical hollows, my escape. In cylindrical hollows, my discovery. In cylindrical hollows, my occlusion. In cylindrical hollows, my protapostatic explosivity. The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield loved a strip club next to a daycare. All right, so let's get this straight. After you locked out, tagged out the CO valve, then what? I bled the premise out points to harmonize the incoming to optimum. You bled the premise out points to harmonize the incoming to optimum. Yes. With a valve cap sealed the spec, 
the tag out said they were. Did you log that tag out? Yes. Where's the log kept? Central office. What's that beauty cake tattoo on your forehead about? It's my way of, um, assing, um, assing, um, assing, um, assing. It's your way of, all right, who, who, uh, who, hi, ho, what is it to sprint? Friday evening gas explosions spring through a little strickle mix of a daycare. Got it. So before you remove toss, okay, toss the chair, sweet roughy. Sweet roughy, all right. Before the sweet roughy is tossed as, as, not before, as. Got it. As the sweet roughy is tossed, the baby spoon find its way into the laws of four millennia synchronized by an immense gas cloud clock at the edge of the galaxy, pumping, pumping beats. You got it, honey. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so this, of course, will beg. What research did you do? Because so much of this feels as though it was language that could have been pulled from transcripts or pulled from from your everyday work. Well, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I, my my job is I work in health and safety. Um, is a is an incident investigation uh, person. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, I, I have two licenses, uh, OSHA licenses, Occupational Safety and Health Administration license. One in in construction safety and the other one in general industry safety. Uh, I, you know, I, I teach, I, you know, so I'm really involved in this kind of work through both the unions and the, the National Institute of Environmental Health Science. And so for me to sort of use that kind of language comes very naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, no, I didn't see the exact transcripts to this particular incident, um, especially the ones about the lockout tag, tag out aspect of the, of the, of the gas pipes. But, but it, it's it's true to form in the sense that those are the questions that would be asked. You know, where's the log? When's the last time you logged it? You know, what were what the specifications? That, that's very routine. And so I, I can use that as a sort of frame. And then, and then I add the other sort of more poetic stuff, the sort of sub-themes that are running through the book, right? As you read the book, you see it starts to pick up, um, you might say, subplots. But these, these subplots... Um, Really sort of pivot around, around words themselves, you know, what, what, what the words sort of point to and kind of what they give off is, is, um, is sort of aftertone content, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but then, but then also there's other movements in, in the poem that I do find like a sprinkler that went, you know, that was inoperable and I do research on that sprinkler. And find out, you know, where it was, where it was manufactured, where it was uh, shipped to, what, what, what port did it go to, who distributed it nationally, what warehouse did it come out of, 
who handled it, who put it in, who, you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's a cool, uh, a section, a couple of cool sections in, in the book where I do, I am very much to spec and, and research bound, but I, I don't, I, I'm not that kind of poet who's so to spec, you know, they'll sacrifice the sort of, I, I, I don't know how else to put it, but the sort of poetic flow of, of what I'm trying to get at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sort of a half and half and <laughs> syncretic thinker in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friend uh, Mark Nowak is very good at, at finding the, the actual records of mining accidents and, and you know, all sorts of good stuff like that. Um, and then there's people who kind of just do a sort of super poetic glaze on, on, on sort of material, you know, happenings and, and aren't to spec in any way whatsoever. There's no girders there, right, holding it into any kind of reality whatsoever. Um, I guess I like the tension right? Between the two modalities. And I try to offer that in not only in, in the movements themselves, but, but across the movements in the book. Hmm. I like that idea, the tension of the two modalities. Yeah. Um, on a more abstract level, this explosion resonated with you, obviously. So it feels to me almost like you're trying to sort through the literal and metaphorical rubble to see what went right with this? Why nobody died? Why something so enormous and so potentially fatal did not hurt anyone? Yeah, I think that, I think, um, Jennifer, I think that um, that would be a more journalistic concern, what you just sort of said there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I very, I, I didn't have a sort of uh, journalistic um, sort of interest in it. You know what I'm saying? It, the, the incident sort of kicked off a sort of a deep uh, philosophical inquiry in my thinking. You know, like, like, for example, you know, what is, you know, the Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield level struggle next to a daycare. So what is, what is, what does care mean, you know, in a sort of, mm-hmm. from an anthropological point of view, right? Cultural point of view. What is, what is, what is stripping? You know, what is that exactly? Like, if you were to look at it from just a sort of, at a remove and, you know, so I, I tried to look for deeper meanings in the in the headline, and 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 then so I would explore each word and each phenomenon in, in that subheadline, and then yes, and then return to the sort of you know the incident at hand, right, like the actual explosion, um, it from from the perspective of of not only the materials, the debris left after, right, the the actual debris that was left after the explosion. But what was the meaning debris or the, 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 the debris of meaning left after the, the incident itself, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's a, a cultural linguistic phenomenon that I was looking at. So I was like, I'm sorting through words, right? Like I, like I would exactly like debris and trying to put it together, trying to put a, a society or a moment in time and history back together enough to, to be able to tell it, you know, to somebody. Yeah. Well, and in that telling is going to be obviously fragmented. It's going to be um, disjoint, and it's going to be also it's going to have moments of of sort of material brilliance as well, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like on the cover, right? There's that picture of that of that that shoe. I don't know what kind of shoe that. It's like a high heeled. That's strap. a stripper shoe. You know what that is? It's a stripper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a stripper shoe. I'm trying to be so. Up. <laughs> And, uh, and and you can see it, yeah, and it's standing upright, and there it is, and that's it's whole, and and then but behind it is like all this this brick and mesh and you know papers and whatnot, and so yeah, something like that, you know. Mm. 
Um, so have there been any other incidents or occurrences throughout your professional career that have, um, I guess, acted as a catalyst for this kind of? Not, no, you know, you know, I, I do very singular pieces of work. You know what I'm saying? I think you know that like, uh, each, each book that I write is, is, has a, it's, its own sort of aesthetic mm-hmm. concern, um, aesthetic way of, 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 of talking about, about culture, about existence, about relations, about language, right? Yep. Um, so this one was a very particular one and, and I have no clue um, you know, what's going to follow this? Actually, I do, but it's a whole other <laughs> conversation. But, but it's completely entirely different than this one, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the one that came before this deck of deeds, you know, it was a whole other bunch of stuff, completely different. So, so have, to answer your question sort of more directly, have there other been any other instances where an incident generated so much so much content, right? Yes. Um, and I, I would say no, not in this way. There's been flex of, of incidences that sort of leak into the work as a line or something like that. But no, no nothing is sort of startling. In this one. And I think, Jennifer, it, the reason is, is because there wasn't, there was a few, there were a few injuries among the first, first line responders, like fire, fire people and the gas line worker got injured. But the fact that there was no um, deaths for that industrial accident of that of that magnitude, I think we go we both could agree it was nearly miraculous. Oh yeah. So it's a good day, right? <laughs> um, it was a very good day. And they're so it's so shot. And then and there's and there's so many um, plant managers. I hate to say, and I wish it weren't true, that you know will take the easy road out and have people keep producing things while danger is in their midst and, and then the hazard, you know, unfolds in time and space and it ends up, you know, hurting somebody or killing somebody. Uh, so I found it unusual, too, that somebody had the presence of mind to clear their workers out of the way so immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so something like that. Um, the book has a lot of sort of sub-running themes. You know, there's, there's multiple locations. There's obviously, you know, Springfield, Massachusetts. There's also a meditation in the book you, you might remember uh, about Sumeria. You know, with the Sumerians, there's sections in the book you know, kind of dealing with the Sumerians. And the reason is because Sumerians, you know, used writing as a form of, of, of tabulation and epic tale telling. Like a, m- many of their, their, their tablets are about, you know, how many bushels of wheat, how many slaves, how many, how many you know, it's just pure tabulation. And then the other aspect of their, their writing had to do with, you know, laws, um, right? Yeah. And, and, and also about epics, right? And about cosmos. Uh, what is, how, what is the, what are the cosmos about? And so, the, so, so I kind of return to that a few, in a few sections. And then, and then I jump over to the Romans and they were actually interested in, um, a lot of urbanization, right? A lot of what do we do with all this? The fluvia of, of people amassed in a busy sort of city, you know. Um, so they, so I talk a little bit about the the sewage system, there, you know? <laughs> and uh, and so so I so so that's kind of just like my fancy because I have a, 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 a sort of a I, I spend a lot of time re- thinking and meditating about history. You know, when I see things, I try to think, okay, what is this? Well, if this is like this in our time, how did it happen in some other time? You know, how did people? sort of produce society, how were, how were children raised, how, how were, how were people, what, what relations between 
you know, the sexes, what were the relations between, you know, different cultures and so. So that kind of stuff comes into the book kind of really naturally. I think it's not really a forced thing. It just happens to be my palette of, of, of interests. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, let, let's hear another segment, if you okay. would. Um, how about pages 38 through 41? 38. The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield led a strip club next to a daycare. Springfield, bleeding Springfield. Croydon. Kish, seat of Sumer, released. Procession of as one. Horns, drums, harps, in precise patterns, beats, pulsing. Arterial valves, floating. Bubbled oxygen, surging. Amassing, quivering bellies. What is it to lust, city? What is it to take? Country. How goes high, ho, everywhere, at once? The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield level strip clubbings to a daycare. This barter pie tattoo is for the discerning, flashed while in cat crawl, after the eyes of jewels, before the limb tossing, as the lyric settles, siphoning up the beat. Is fire fire? Is fire fire? Love it, because by then, Discerning gentlefolk are inside the ductwork. Soshis prate on concern. Cappies straight up applaud. We just say sapienized, meaning mother's keepsakes, cloaking, fravajaba, set to plod left or right. So that's how I girl up every night to make this um, acid scape. My real name is Lulu Chateau. Yes, I publish poems. No, I've never heard of you. The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield level strip club next to a daycare. The Jupiterian midday lead effusion on Ganymed liquefied a zinc bed next to a crater rim. The Uranian morning argon ionization on Oberon dispersed a helium clod next to an ammonium pool. The Neptunian magnetosphere at dusk on Triton catalyzed carbon dioxide to glow red next to a haze of methane blue. The Saturnian midnight hydrogen fission at the core vaporized iron sludge next to a vent of nucleated nickel. The Mercurian afternoon potassium excretion at the crust sucks sodium into a xenon vacuole next to a krypton spatter cone. The Martian nitrogen demisting at daybreak in the Mare Erythrium made visible a silicon chunklet next to a silicon chunklet. The Venusian early evening volcanic updrafts into the troposphere rained down sulfur clods into the neon whirlpool next to the Venera 8 wreckage heap. The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield leveled a strip club next to a day care. The Liberty Box checked the spec, as did the libidinal lines at thought crossers. Strange thing was the gonad gauge didn't register the need switches. Good thing the big O override tripped the care breakers right then. I'm sure that's what kicked in the ego ventilator, eventually firing up a poetic alarm. The locked out, tagged out American, that's the working title. Sure, as soon as this draft is stabilized, 
I'll pop it to you. Oh, one more thing. The personal protection equipment locker was found to be broken into, but no one's been seen wearing this distinctive yellow high-res baby doll nighty. Thank you very much. Um, you are obviously a poet who trusts their creative impulse, so can you tell us a little bit about your creative process? Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, I hone, I hone to... Uh, okay, so, so when I write something, I hear what I've just written, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like I have an idea. So I, wanna, I, I have an idea, and then I write what I want to write, and then the idea is now on, on, on the floor and, and, you know, it's on two legs. It's not like that how I write. Well, how I write is I think of a, a line, you know, uh, a word or a line, at most a few, set, a few, a few words that sort of are, that are straining to, to represent something. You know, and, and that's key, straining to represent something. And then after that line is sort of put out in the world, a piece of paper, or then I try to respond in a way to that line. Or if I'm adding something that, that's not responsive to what I just wrote, then, I, then, I'm, then I realize that it's adding volume to what I'm packing together. And, and so at some point, that, that ongoing construct um, or, or terrain you know, starts spawning things of its own accord. And then when it starts to get too kind of out of control in the sense of, you know, these kind of weird animals wanting to sort of do the nasty with other weird <laughs> kind of words, um, then, then I sort of bring back uh, a reference that, that grounds the whole thing back into some sort of what we would call, you know, real world or whatever, or, or, you know, or a reference that's um, sort of stable, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say like, you know, your house or my house or a city, a name of the city, something we can kind of all relate to and say, okay, and, you know, New Orleans does exist you know, in some sense. It's not just two words. You know, it's a real place. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of, so the, the, those kinds of tensions and those kinds of reachings out and those kinds of relandings into moments of, 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 of stability, um, you know, followed by instability. That's kind of how I work through all my poetry. Mm-hmm. In a way, and not all. Sometimes I might relax and just lay something out, or do something very voicey, tell a story in you know, a sort of voicey way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but still, um, I'm, I become very quickly aware of the materials that I'm, the potential of the materials I'm using, and, and try to sort of maximize their their you know their potential in some way. Mm-hmm. So, is there a revision process, or do you trust the purity of what has come to you? Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, I mean, if you, like any poet, I think that, you know, if something comes to you in one pop, you know, like you're grateful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, I'll, I'll go back and, and try to repop and re-aim the, the word or line. And there's a lot of scratches, a lot of, you know, I'm very, I'm very sort of like, um, I'm a syncretic sort of composer. You know, like I, I, um, I tile things and I retile things. And then I kind of, in my mind, go through the line and see see how the music kind of goes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, see if see if I'm see if see if the 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 words that I'm using are obviously you know sort of extending and stretching out meaning, but but also to check to see if I've stretched it out you know beyond the point of where like not, you know, I don't even get it, you know. <laughs> uh, it's important to me to be understood, you know. Yes. Um, even though I, I I challenge people in a certain way. Um, in many ways, and, and, and really, it's the way that I'm challenging myself in a certain way. 
Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who writes, okay, well, I'm going to write something and I'm, I'm just going to sort of play to the, to, to the spectators, you know, and that's kind of, that's not, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to, the grain of what I'm doing has to sort of make, make some sense to me in a sort of thrill way, mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at least at the beginning for me. Yes, it's kind of like trusting the reader or bringing them along with you as you try to sort something out. Right. Yeah. It's it's almost like yeah. It's almost like like I I am I am already reading to to people as I'm writing. Mm-hmm. You know, and but but I have the luxury at, at that moment to sort of rework it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So for the last segment that we're going to ask you to read, would you please read the poems on pages seventy-eight through eighty? The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield levels strip club next to a daycare. She wishes she could weave words in space made of each letter's squiggly string. For instance, Friday, it's F, lancing its stem below, mooring it down sturdy while pulling up F's horizontal top bar till it points straight upwards, and stretching it as it thins out in the distance, superfine string to loop around R's trunk a hundred times, tightening a knot around R's curve, leaving a snug hole to pull I's dot into it, I's trunk now alone from both M's. She loops it around D so that D is in a perfect circle, pleasing, but it's disturbing. The A and Y now outside the circle, she weaves them together in space, their own space creating an illusion of X. Illusion of X is her refuge now, also her rock-throwing promontory. From inside, Friday, in Springfield. The Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield level strip club next to a daycare. The love implosion in New Orleans on Sunday morning gave rise to a twilight care next to a mausoleum. At the beginning of every hour, what is to be conjured? What is to be spellstruck? Hi, ho! At the end of every year, are weary eyes equal to standard computer screen definitions? At all times, what is vision? Is vision visionary at every moment of every vision? Give it a rest. We're booked up here. Is vision bent on bedding? Is vision in-house? Or is vision helplessly, goofily entranced? Is vision itself in the act of guessing? Or is it vision's thing to make others blind? Frabajabra, in preternatural patterns, flickering, flashing, floating, the arts, sciences, politics, humanities, death, going Friday evening gas explosion in Springfield level strip club next to a daycare. The Monday morning piano dumping into Lake Pontchartrain infuriated an eight-year-old master rhetorician next to a soft-spoken insomniac mother. A low-pressure system 500 miles east of Honduras generously invited warm air into its lair. Enough to cycle poetry relentlessly northwest by northeast. The Tuesday midday eye of the storm over Brooklyn rendered every sound as of a singular piece of music about to start. Something about cohesion, 
combustion, care. The Friday evening gas exclusion is Springfield, level strip club next to a daycare. The Wednesday evening methane bed cargo on a barge from Brooklyn to Pleasant Point remained calm next to three excited seagulls. A 10-foot wall of water, 300 by 300 miles, politely glided under the barge. Enough to lift poetry out of its urban slumber? The Thursday morning pre-conversation tanks in Newtown Creek buckled under 2,000 pounds per square inch of the aesthetics of repurposing. Something about amnesia, compression, stripping. Thank you very much. That's one of my favorite portions of the book, for sure. Um, so I know that you mentioned that you are some, reading some ancient texts in translation, but what else are you reading right now? Well, you know, um, you, you know how it is, you know, you, you get in these journals and, uh, you get, you know, they send them to your mail. And, um, so right now I'm reading, um, you know, journals that I've been in. So, uh, I'm seeing, so Viz inter arts interventions, you know, the trans genre anthology. Okay. Edited by uh, Roxy ha uh, Hamilton, coming out of um, UC Santa Cruz. It's a very nice big book. I would recommend. It's, again, it's called Viz Inter Arts and Interventions. I'm reading also the best American experimental poetry, mm -hmm. uh, which you might know. Yeah, uh, 2015 um, one that I was also in. Edited by Douglas Kearney. Kind of paging through that, catching up on my colleagues, sort of you know scribblings, and then. <laughs> Fence uh, Magazine also came out, the new, I think it's the spring issue, um, and I'm reading that and seeing what that's about. I'm reading a translation, a new translation of Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, the Baroque uh, Mexican um, poet, um, who, uh, yeah, and so I'm reading a chapbook, somebody that took a new stab at that. Um, wow. I'm reading Runaway Inequality. Uh, which is a really good book. I would highly recommend it by Les Leopold. Mm -hmm. um, it's a book, um, a sort of popular education book on sort of, um, you know, what's about the economic imbalance and, and, and inequity in, in terms of, you know, just as the book says, runaway inequality, the critique of Wall Street. It's a very good book. I highly recommend it. Um, it's a pretty varied of, array. What's that? That's a pretty varied array of books. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, great. Thank you. So, um, what music are you listening to now? Uh, I, I'm listening to um, uh, some some Haydn quartets. Uh, it's the middle period Haydn quartets. Um, I'm playing um, uh, a sonata. I've been working on a sonata by Haydn, uh, E flat major, number fifty nine. Mm -hmm. um, that one, I've been working on that for, I guess, about three months now. Uh, um, couple, couple sections from the well-tempered clavier, I'm reworking, uh, variation or two from the Goldbergs. Um, listening to, well, you know, Jazz Fest just happened here. Um, mm -hmm. and you might know the great New Orleans radio station WWOZ. Ninety ninety point seven WWOZ New Orleans. You can get, actually get it on X Radio, whatever. It's listen listen to internationally, and they they play all the local sort of jazz and blues bands, and 
And so I, I rock out on that, you know, <laughs> uh, when I can. And then it's it, it's great here because you can actually go down the street and go go see it. You know, they say like, you know, in 15 minutes, you know, such, such a band is going to be playing. And literally I can walk out, beer in hand, and go see them play. And then hear them on the radio like 15 minutes later or whatever. So, hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I want to encourage our readers to go out and pick up this book, Explosion Rock Springfield. Um, it is definitely something that you need to experience in its entirety. Um, I want to thank you, Rodrigo, for sharing your time and work with us. Thank you, Jennifer. It was fun. This is Jen Fitzgerald with New Books and Poetry, reminding you to support all the arts, but especially poetry. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.